Hey everybody, I'm Brian Grossman, Editor-in-Chief here at the Colorado Springs Independent. This is the Indy 15, the weekly show that recaps all you need to know in the news. Our guests in studio today are Senior Reporter Pam Zubek and Managing Editor Helen Lewis, and we're talking about all of the latest stories. Welcome Pam and Indy, Indy. Welcome Pam and Helen to the Indy 15. Thank you. Thank you. You got it. Uh, yeah, man, tons of stuff going on. Uh, for anybody listening who hasn't heard yet, um, perhaps they're under rocks. Uh, we are. We've put out the last Indy as we know it. Uh, it's on newsstands now. Came out yesterday, um, and we are converting to sixty thirty-five magazine in early January. Uh, lots of info out there about that. I don't want to get too in-depth uh, in the whole transition, but I thought, Pam, we could talk a little bit about your story in the last indie. Uh, what did you write about this week? Oh, you mean about... Well, you got a couple stories. Yeah, let's talk about this one okay. first. Okay. Um, I talked about what uh, life is going to be like for us and our readers going forward. Mm-hmm. And what's it going to be like? Um, well... <laughs> um, Nobody knows. We're, yeah, right. Well, I mean, just the... I don't know even know where to start. It's, yeah, right. uh, uh, we're combining all these publications into one mega publication, mm-hmm. and um, there's going to be a lot more components, other types of media components mm-hmm. to our reporting uh, to include things like what we're doing right now yep. um, and um, other visuals and that sort of stuff. So yeah. um, it's, um, it's going to be a new world. Yeah. And how long have you been with the Indy? Since 2009. And what does this feel like turning into something else, this, this caterpillar becoming a butterfly? <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm just – this probably isn't the answer you're looking for. But, probably you not. know, for me, it's like I'm just going to keep doing what I do yeah. and see how that fits uh-huh. into the – because I think that really is – there's going to be more of that than right. – you know, we're not completely – overhauling right. everything. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. We yeah. like Pam doing what she does. <laughs> that do. is the answer we want to Yeah, hear. it is actually. And I think yeah. readers should probably understand that from a content perspective, <laughs> if they're used to the indie, they're still going to get what they expect from the indie, but there's mm. going to be more there, right? There's going to be more, yep. and there's going to be a whole new website mm-hmm. and a lot of digital content mm-hmm. and the events that people love. And um, everything that they're used to um, yep. is going to continue, and it's it's exciting. It it's a lot of work yeah. at the moment, but it's exciting. There was a little bit of a sigh of relief yesterday after the the Business Journal went out. So now yeah. the last indie is out. We can yeah. focus on the first issue that's coming out again in January of, of sixty thirty five. So, mm. uh, but yes, if you if you open the paper expecting to read investigative reporting from Pam Zubek, that's not going anywhere. So. Yeah. We'll make that clear. Um, let's let's talk about some of the stories that you did this week. Uh, we could start with the the homeless veteran who had an encounter with police. What happened there? Well, um, back in October, this fellow was driving down Academy and picked up a hitchhiker who was down on his luck, uh, trying to get home from his job, I guess. And mm-hmm. so, this person, his name's Dalvin Gadsden, picked him up to give him a ride and this was 2.30 in the morning and he proceeded south on Academy going 15 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone. Now, you know, I haven't interviewed 
Dalvin. Mm-hmm. But there might be reasons for somebody to be going 15 and a 45 if you're taking someone home and you don't know where they live and you don't know what turn you're going to make or whatever. But anyway, right. um, a police officer uh, noticed this slow-moving vehicle and then noticed that it had no license plate displayed on the exterior of the vehicle, so pulled him over. And long story short, this driver ended up taking a beating Um he has an attorney now who has some credentials in the uh, civil rights arena um, who's demanding that the officers be fired and charged criminally. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out the Colorado Springs Police Department tells us that um, an internal review of the use of force in that incident um, was deemed to be acceptable. Um, however, the internal affairs investigation is still pending, has not been completed. So that's where that's at. The, the driver was injured. Uh, his face was beat up pretty badly. Mm-hmm. Um, no broken bones as far as I know. Um, but he was a, a Army veteran and actually wanted to reenlist, but I don't know um, – about that. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, this case I predict is going to have some legs to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the police claim that there was a knife in the in car, the, in the center in the council, cup holder, yeah. And that he was resisting arrest, wouldn't get out of the vehicle because, according to him, he wasn't sure what he was being detained for. Right. Um, so. Right. They grabbed him and pulled them out yeah there's body cam that we have on our website Mm -hmm. that people can look at that show the uh officers uh activities Mm -hmm. shall we say Mm -hmm. um and uh but interestingly there was uh there's also we indy actually has a report that a supervisor wrote about the incident where he was trying to make a determination if there was in fact uh a legitimate basis for a DUI charge, right. and um, and interviewed people at the hospital uh, where this driver was taken, and and makes a note in his report that there wasn't a basis for a DUI charge. Right. So um, something about smelling marijuana when they, that, that was that it. Was yeah, that was it. That everyone who handled the guy from EMS to the hospital didn't have any. Uh, didn't perceive an odor of marijuana about mm. him. Mm. So, and you and I even had a conversation about because the attorney said, "Well, it's it's legal to have marijuana in Colorado," and we said, "Yeah, but we also put in the story that while it's legal to have marijuana, it's not legal to operate a vehicle while under mm. the influence." And police should know. And and we even said, you know, pretty much anybody knows the difference between the smell of pot and smoked pot so Mm -hmm. you're allowed to have the smell of the odor of marijuana in your car because you could be transporting it from Mm -hmm. the store but you can't have a big cloud of smoke come out when they pull you Mm -hmm. over and that would be probable cause and he had a cigarette in his hand the driver has a cigarette in his hand you can see in the video now you can't tell if that cigarette is a pot cigarette or a, a, a pot cigarette or a, or a, a tobacco cigarette one of those doobies the brothers always talk about <laughs> right right, right. Yeah. okay yeah. so uh, anything to add to that helen <laughs> i think pam covered that. okay uh and then another jail death uh in yeah. el paso county jail yeah that's nine this year um that's we crazy. did a yeah we did a story in may 
um, that said there had been 11 over um, almost a two-and-a-half-year period. It would have been 2021 20, and um, the f almost first half of 22. Right. And here, this year so far, it's nine. Right. So, you know, um, if you go to our website and read our story, mm -hmm. um, you'll see that many of these are uh, medical issues, yeah. and this is exactly what Sheriff Bill Elder has said, that the the people who find their way to jail generally do not have good health care, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, and they also have uh, medical issues. Mm -hmm. So they get people who are in pretty bad shape uh, to begin with, and then they have an episode or um, they start going into withdrawal maybe, you know, from drugs or whatever, mm -hmm. and they're just in poor health. And anyway, um, so, I, you know, that would be a good question for our new sheriff, um, what he's going to do to advance Bill Elder's concept of having a more, um, what do I want to say, um, consistent treatment plan. I mean, when mm -hmm. they when they then bond someone out, that they can put them into a pipeline, a yeah, yeah mm -hmm. uh, for healthcare, so that you know our um, community doesn't have these issues. There, just real quick, there was a figure in there that said something about was it twelve times? So once released from jail, they're twelve times more likely to. Die in within two weeks than the regular released. population, mm -hmm. right? So within two weeks, that's how vulnerable mm -hmm. people who are coming out of jail are. That mm -hmm. they're twelve times more likely mm -hmm. to to die. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's yeah. pretty stunning. Yeah, it is. And you know, nobody wants to really pony up the money to pay for programs and that sort of thing. So that, you know, you're kind of stuck trying to figure out what to do for people who yeah have these health conditions but can't pay for it. And but you know. Um, we do have the Colorado Springs Health Foundation that mm -hmm. was uh, founded by the with UC the Health money thing, from right. Memorial Hospital, and which was taxpayer owned, mm -hmm. um, or still is, I guess, and um, and they get um, payments from UC Health uh, monthly as well as some kind of margin share. So they have millions and millions of dollars, and they do put out grants to, you know, that that in some way address the health of the community. So there's that resource. Mm -hmm. Now, whether anyone has thought to try to channel some of those funds into that direction, I don't know. Yeah. But That's a good point. Uh, let's talk about our, our local insurrectionist. Um, <laughs> well, talk about that story. It's, <coughs> it's, it's also in this paper, so if people want to grab uh, the paper and give it a read. So – he has a local tie. He doesn't live here. He lives right. in Texas. But mm -hmm. he he graduated from the Air Force Academy, I think, in 1989, mm -hmm. as I recall. Okay, his name is Larry Brock, Jr. And um, People probably would recognize his photo, too, because it was all over national news yeah, when, yeah. when yeah. he broke into with the his, Capitol. With his helmet. His helmet and, yeah. and his zip ties. Yeah. He, he was very prepared. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> he was not going for a walk in the park. His excuse, though, was that he was going for a walk in the yeah, park. True. <laughs> yeah, true. That was pressure. Right. <laughs> was very uh, but let's face it, a judge in Washington, D.C. didn't buy it. No. And so <laughs> convicted him at a bench trial on November the 16th of multiple charges. He's going to be sentenced in mid-February, I think on Valentine's Day. Oh, actually. that's sweet. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Meet your new and, partner. And so, uh, so anyway, one, one thing that was missing from our story was 
that this guy, um, Mr. Brock, had been a commercial airline pilot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did some checking to see if he was still a licensed certified pilot, and he's not. And so I thought, hmm, I would like to know the history of his license. Um, Because I think, I mean, look, this is not going to, you know, change the world, but I just wanted to know, did he surrender the license or did they take it away? Mm-hmm. Pull it? Mm-hmm. Um, because or neither, <laughs> because pilots, commercial pilots, licensed pilots, the FAA, they they actually are given psychological mm-hmm. reviews and right. analysis mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, you know, I have a source that says um, after that type of a charge he probably would not pass that kind of an evaluation right so i wanted to know if it was actually revoked or whether he surrendered it so i i did a freedom of information request to the faa um and too late for publication just yesterday in fact i got a response finally and um and i'm going to read from it Mm -hmm. it says in order to release the records, we must have a signed statement from the airman authorizing release of the information to you. Hmm. So, of course, that's not going to happen. Right? <laughs> they also would accept a court order, which doesn't apply in this case. Right. Hmm. Or if this airman is deceased, then I, if I could provide them a proof uh, that he is dead and then they hmm. would consider releasing it. Okay, so none of those don't apply. So I asked if she could be more specific about the exemption from being released, and mm-hmm. so she writes back. Um, exemption 6 of FOIA protects information that pertains to an individual, quote, the disclosure of which would constitute a clearly unwarranted invasion of personal privacy. Hmm. Um, which you kind of surrender when you... <laughs> <laughs> Participate in when an you insurrection. Put, right, yeah. when, <laughs> When you make headlines, yeah. When applying Exemption 6, the FAA weighs the privacy interest of an individual against any public interest in the records. Hmm. Um, In the case of the complete record for this individual, which contains personal privacy information, the disclosure would be an unwarranted invasion of that person's privacy and would not reveal any insight into the workings of the government. Mm. That was their conclusion. Now, years ago... Um, the Seattle Times did an investigation of pilots and their driving records. <laughs> and they, it was a powerful project. They showed that there were pilots that were drinking within eight hours of getting into the cockpit. So when uh, you say driving records, do you mean? DUI. Oh. But but their actual automobile driving records? Yes, yes, to compa- yes. So, okay, gotcha. so yeah. violations. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, not too long after they did that project, then the law changed, and they were unable to access the records. Under the new law, they would not have been able to access the records that they otherwise would have been. And mm-hmm. I think it was the driving portion of the records, because what they did was yeah, they accessed that through, um, I think, their driver's licenses and maybe mm-hmm. the driver. Anyway. There was a change in law. So my point is, you know, some of these laws that protect people, you know, I get the personal information, but, you know, this is a guy that was wandering around in the Capitol. He's been convicted. And I think that it it is sort of the public interest to know how it was that he became unlicensed as a Mm -hmm. pilot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So, but that's the end of that story because they're not going to turn loose of it and we're not going to sue them. Yeah. <laughs> or are we? <laughs> that was a good segue and you didn't even know it. Let's talk about, so uh, for those who don't know, 6035 Magazine is the new publication. You can see uh, yes. see it up if there. you're watching online. Yeah. Uh, hopefully there's some video. Um and you're going to do the first cover story for 6035, which is going to come out the second week of January. Let's talk about that story because it involves driving. Well. And bad driving we, at that. We could, but do we really want to? Just a little bit. Just give people <laughs> a, little, a taste. A little well, um, tell, them what you, tell them what you did yesterday to prepare for the story. Well, okay. So could I in, have a little intro to that? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay, I did, some, I did something <laughs> no. yesterday that I haven't done in over 40 years, which is ride with a police officer. And this time it was your choice. No, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, years and years and years ago, um, when I was a cub reporter, okay. I, I undertook to do a story just about what it's like to be a police officer. Yeah. So I rode with lots of different police officers during that time over a period of weeks. And then wrote a story about it and and it actually won an award yeah. you know, uh, where was that what city garden city kansas and um the most exciting thing i think that happened on that there were a couple of things but was it was a weeknight it was like two in the morning mm-hmm. um because i i went all shifts mm-hmm. um and they stopped this very prominent businessman who they made get out of the car because he was loaded and as he was putting his hands on the roof of the vehicle to be frisked or whatever, his pants fell down. <laughs> so, Been there. <laughs> so Nobody cams, fortunately. So we didn't see, we didn't see anybody drop their pants yesterday. <laughs> Not this time. Um, but, that was the assignment, too, so that's, that's kind of a bummer. Um, but, no, I was riding with a, an officer to um, sort of get a front seat view you might Mm -hmm. say of um how people drive in this town and they're you know it's speed is the thing you Mm -hmm. know it's everyone is speeding and these officers i'm i'm going to tell you all about it in january Mm -hmm. but um they they can't be fooled you know and they they (laughs) are they are equipped believe me you know to nail you Mm -hmm. and um so we're going to take a look at all that and, you know, just the whole um, arena of why our roads have become more dangerous. Mm. Um, Most dangerous, right? This was where we're, we've already broken yeah. the record for fatalities. But we're not the only one. I mean, this is not uncommon across mm-hmm. the country. And so there's reasons for that. So we're going to get into all that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And without, you know, Giving too much away. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't want to get beat on our own story, right? Yeah, yeah. But it has been a crazy year on the roads. and mm-hmm. um, do, pe- do people behave any better when, from you sitting in the police car, are you like, this is better behavior around this cop car than when I'm driving around? Like, are they seeing as much bad behavior as is actually happening? Well, so... There was a time that he, I mean, this is not uncommon. Um, He told me of uh, an an instance where he was parked right in front of Doherty High School. In fact, no, wait a minute, I take that back, that was different. 
Yesterday, we were parked right in front of Doherty High School. We were parked right in front of the high school mm -hmm. along the curb, okay? A big old police SUV marked, mm -hmm. wasn't unmarked, mm -hmm. you know? And some dude came flying by, you know? And, of course, got nailed. But, you know, I didn't think that he... You know, you've got these sneaky cops that mm -hmm. try to hide behind mm -hmm. a tree mm -hmm. and, you know, all that sort of... And every place that we were staked out, so to speak, yeah. it was obvious. It was obvious that he was there. Yeah. People and people still, still went, flying by Yep. Him. Yep. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's a uh, pack mentality. They, the, the cheetah can only bring down one gazelle, right? So <laughs> if you keep all the gazelles moving I suppose 90 so. miles an hour. I suppose so, yeah. yeah. He told me that he actually stopped a McLaren. Oh, yeah. At one time, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the guy pulled over willingly. Instead. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, and that person, that McLaren's been stopped more than once in this town. Yeah. So you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and keep your pants on. <laughs> Suspenders, please. That was the public service announcement. A PSA from Pam. So. All right. Well, yeah. I just uh, I, I do want to remind everybody about sixty thirty five coming out January eleventh is when it's going to hit the streets yeah. uh they'll also be mailed out you can read all about our, our circulation plan um you'll get it at your house on the 12th if you're a member you're going to get it every single week and so. some cool history yeah and some what's next and you're not going to want to miss an issue you'll want to be a member so sign up yeah. for the membership right away uh, well, thank you to Pam Zubek and Helen Thanks, Lewis Pam. for joining us in the studio. Thanks. Don't forget to pick up The Last Indie as you know it, uh, available on newsstands and digitally at csindie.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in our newly we'll be back with our newly branded podcast, The 6035, beginning Friday, January 6th. Check out our inaugural issue of 6035 magazine on newsstands and in homes starting the second week of January. This show was produced by Dave Gardner and Nick Raven and directed by Nick Raven. The video cast is distributed by Sean Cassidy. Dustin Glatz is our art director. Amy Gillentine is our publisher. I'm editor-in-chief Brian Grossman. Be sure to join us next week for another Indie 15.